One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Um, I think my breath smells today. Oh. Of what? Mm. Apparently it's garlicky. Oh, right, because when you have gum infection, it's the same bacteria as what's in your shit, isn't it, apparently? Something like that. Wow. Anyway, today we're... (laughs) (laughs) Seamlessly into the (laughs) guest. So today we've got a really exciting guest, haven't we? We have. We've got a red arrow. An ex, well, a former red arrow. You know, you don't say X, you say former. It's just a polite way to say was oh, once. right. Dennis Taylor told me that. Wait, well, you've spoken to Dennis Taylor about the red arrows? <laughs> yeah. He's fucking <laughs> obsessed by them. <laughs> oh, right. Yeah, you say former. Like, he told me, because I, I called him the X world snooker champion. He said, you say former. I said, I'm oh, sorry, sorry. So I'm just reading about the red arrows here. Mm-hmm. Oh, God, I shouldn't have looked at this bit. Why? I just went to incidents and accidents. I thought well, that would be... So, <laughs> Jesus, no, where? No, well, keep... you obviously think about... Well, that's the first thing I think about, because of what they do. I don't. I, I, think did, the... I didn't know if there'd been any. There, there've been absolutely loads. The so first thing I to... thought about was the smoke coming out of the back. In different colours. Oh, so you shouldn't talk about stuff like that. No, cut this. Really? That's the first question I was going to ask. It's dangerous, isn't it? Well, yeah. <laughs> I don't know what the etiquette oh, is when you talk God, to... No, I don't. What's the etiquette? That's the first question. What's the etiquette when talking to a red <sighs> well, arrow? That's, the f- that's all I think about when I see them. And I go, well, I my brain. dangerous. I didn't go there at all. I, think I, went, I went with a pageant of it all. Oh, there's Dan here. Dan's here. Hey, guys. How's it going? Hi, Dan. Hi, Dan. <laughs> How are you? I'm good. How are you? Oh, I feel, I feel I should bow or something. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> I do, <too> Kirsty. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> how are you, gents? Yeah, oh, good. good. How, I'm how are you? I'm a little I'm, bit nervous. Yeah, I am. I've suddenly got really red. <laughs> well, that's... That's <laughs> <appropriate>. lucky. lucky. <laughs> 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 On brand. <laughs> Uh, thanks for coming oh, on. No, yeah. thanks for having me. Thanks for having me. It was um, so when you talked about playing golf designed by Red Arrows Pirates and I realised that I hated golf, that I thought I had to come on and correct you. <laughs> <laughs> good, good enough reason of any to come on the podcast. But <laughs> <laughs> you back up about golfing. No, fair enough. <laughs> Where are you? Where are you in the world? Hey, I live in Putney, southwest London. Oh, I know Putney. Yeah, oh, yeah, lovely Putney. I used to um, I used to live in Wandsworth Town. 
Oh, yeah. God, yeah, that's changed, didn't it, around there? Yes, I went same. there a couple of weeks ago. I literally, I lived there for a long time, and I got lost because it's changed so much. Yeah, but, it's, it's so much stuff's got in there. All the brewery and everything's got like fancy bars in it and everything. I know, I know. It's not as grungy as it used to no, be. No, God, it used to be cool. I used to be able to afford to live there. Yeah, I'm hating this. <laughs> <laughs> David had a really long conversation with one of our guests about you know um, Heathfield. I was just sick. We had Richard Osman on. And I was talking. To- to him about West Sussex for 40 minutes. Yeah, and I know nothing about West Sussex. I suddenly thought about what you must have gone through. <laughs> to be fair, I put iPlayer on. I watched a film. They were discussing like where their mums lived and stuff. It was bizarre. A documentary on West Sussex. <laughs> oh, God. Honestly, it felt like I was in the making of, but I knew oh. nothing about it. Well, thanks Yeah, thanks for coming on. We were just talking about what, what you can and can't ask a red, red arrow. yeah. There were certain questions I want to ask you. I was like, oh, I don't know if that's... Yes, whatever. You're, you're, you're a former Red Arrow. Yeah, I was a, yeah, yeah, I was a fighter pilot for about 16 years. And then <sighs> the last minute. Oh, the last let's three, not, uh... Yeah, let's, let's not pass <laughs> over that. You don't just throw thing. that out there. <laughs> wow. <laughs> if I said that, I would not have my top on. <laughs> Well, it's a, it's a natural it's a natural progression, because if you start at the Reds and go the other way, it's... <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah, right. I've had, I have an amazing time. Yeah, ask whatever you want. I'm. Uh, How old are you? You look really I'm, young. I'm 37. Jesus you are really young. Wep. So you started. Yeah. You started being a fighter pilot at what age? Uh, 19. Oh my God, 19. Yeah. What were well, you doing to be, yeah, well, I, I, well, I joined the I joined the RAF at 19. So I, I um, yeah, you go off and you have to become an officer first. So I did all that, and then what does that flying, mean? I don't know. It. What, what does that, that mean? mean? I guess yeah. it's where they they take you in and they change you from a. A dirty civilian into a military, a military What's that? What's that? Man? Yeah, so, tell us about that. Uh, oh, it's pretty good. You know, that's, um, I, I got a bit of a feeling it's a bit different from the army in the Air Force. It's a bit, um, you know, it's still the same thing. You know, they bring you in, they take you uh, away from your families and you kind of put in a, a barrack block, you know, and oh, it's surprise inspections, all that kind of stuff. Where was um, that? Where was, where did you do uh, that? The RAF, they've got their place. It's a place called RAF Cranwell in Lincolnshire. Uh, it's a beautiful building. In fact, Google it. It's, it's an epic, epic building. Um, and you actually start across the road in this aw- awful little barrack block. You know, that <laughs> all, all the pipes, all the plumbing for the, the building are on the outside of the plasterboard. So you have to, you know, polish it every night. <laughs> you have to, what? <laughs> yeah, you have to. Yeah. <laughs> I've had such an easy life. Yeah, well. Jesus. It, it got to a point they used to come in in the morning, you know, and inspect your room. Uh, and so guys used to sleep so they didn't have to remake their bed. You used to iron your bed in the morning so it was immaculate. Guys used to sleep on top of their beds in sleeping bags so, you know, they didn't have to... Right. How many How many in one room? Uh, oh, not not many. It's like two. And then as you oh, okay. as you graduate, so it's not it's not like your Hollywood, you know, US Marine Corps right. style, stood yeah. at your bed shouting. But they do a bit of that. They kind of just break you down, right? Just to, did you cry? Because I imagine I just on my first like, night, I'm sure I did. Yeah, because yeah, I would just be like, <laughs> I'm just when when I'm gonna cry. It's not yeah, well, it. I mean, I was I was 19, you know. So I, I remember just uh, I just remember getting in the car and driving north. Um, I lived down in my folks lived in Surrey, but I just you know drove up the A1, turned off at Cranwell, and then all of a sudden you stood. Stood at the gates to this Honestly, RAF 19, base. 19, I don't think I'd have had the confidence to even drive to Lincoln. That's where it make up. I don't know. I, I'm sure you guys can relate in some way, but yeah, it was just a dream. I think I started telling people when I was about four or five years old, I was going to be a fighter pilot. Where did that so, come from? Wow. Um, well, my family had been in it. Yeah, my dad had been, uh, my dad and my mum had both been in the Air Force, actually, but um, well before I was born. But um, sometimes you kind of rebel against your... 
Like my mum was a hairdresser. And, Is that uh, why you wore makeup? Well, no, I was never going to be a hairdresser. Right. Does that make sense? <laughs> in, uh, no. I was never going to do blue rinses in a tiny village. <laughs> it's like looking in a mirror, isn't it, Dan? The, the, yeah. the, the parallels. <laughs> yeah. Jesus. <laughs> no, I'm just saying. Well, sometimes you rebel against you. Well, my family haven't. You, know, my, me, I fly. My brother flies. My sister flies. My sister. Really? My brother's. A, yeah, my sister's a um, a flight attendant with British Airways. My brother's a a pilot with EasyJet. Soon to go to the Middle East and fly for a big airline out there. So we all did it. We all love it. It's in our blood. Wow, that's oh mad. You've all done all the questions mm. in my head. Yeah, I know. I'm rattling. We, I, I want to hear about the training. And then, I, I, do you know what I really want to know? When did you first, what, because I can't get my head around 19. What age did you fly, first fly? Uh, I, was, I was 20. When I first flew a first ever aeroplane, it was, it was 20. You know, like on the weekend, you see those little white plastic aeroplanes. Right. Okay. That every pilot, so you do this officer training, it's about six months. You come out of that as an officer and then you go into your specialist training. So you become an air traffic controller or an engineer or a pilot or at any job you want in the Air Force is going to be officers that do it as well. Uh, and so we um, we go off, did flying training. That take about five and a half years, uh, four and a half, five years. Um, first time you got in a plane and went in the sky, you were 20. Yeah, 20. Yeah. Right. My first thought is so you, sit, so you, you climb in, the thing comes down, <laughs> whatever you call it. The, yeah, yeah. Thing, it's a thing. I'd want to, get me out! <laughs> I'd get claustrophobic. Do, yeah. do any pilots go get claustrophobic? Uh, no, not really. I don't no? think so. No, well, no, no, if they do, they, <laughs> <laughs> it's game over, really. Go back, go back to hairdressing, David. Do you not get claustrophobic when you put the big hair dryers on, you know, when you see them standing? <laughs> if anything, that's but worse. I, just, I <laughs> yeah. can't imagine being this in this sealed thing where I can't... Oh, my God. Yeah, well, it actually, yeah. it gets a bit worse. That's, but then you get strapped in, you know, so you've got your parachute on and then you've got... Your, your safety harness on, then you've got your G suit on, Hang and then you've got your it's helmet a, on. Sorry, Dad. It's at no point you go, get me out of here. <laughs> <laughs> Only he if did it's it going for horribly 16 wrong. years, David. I'm going <laughs> to guess no. <laughs> if one in four times he got in, he just went, get me out. Probably. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> It probably so I don't there are, really I tell you that. what, I, there are lonely moments, I guess, because you, especially as you go through flying training, I was very lucky, aren't you? As you go through each course, they kind of, it's called streaming. So you start on the first course, every pilot together for about four or five months. And then based off where they need you, how, how you're progressing in terms of performance, then you can get sent in different streams. So, you know, they could send you off to be a fighter pilot, they could send you to be a helicopter pilot, or they could send you to fly essentially cargo planes. Cargo isn't a really... It's not a good way to explain it, really. But, you know, they can't carry troops, humanitarian aid around the world or something else, that kind of stuff. So I, I kind of went down the fighter pilot route, luckily. Uh, and then even at the end of that, they still select you to see if you could fly a jet by yourself. So it's called single seat. So it's just you in the airplane. Or you go to a, another aircraft that we had that was called a tornado, which is kind of a little bit like a Top Gun jet, you know, with a pilot in the front and a navigator oh, in the back. God. Right. Uh, I went down the road of just flying the jet by myself. So there are some moments there, you know, where you're, in these big exercises, you know, especially in North America, there's like 60 jets all around you, all in this massive international exercise. You're there as the Royal Air Force trying to do a job, and you think, I wish I could just press pause and ask someone a question here. Ah. Uh, oh. yeah, I'm just thinking, walking gets. into a pub, 
or into a nightclub. What are you, cargo pilot? All oh, right. What are you, fighter pilot? Keep talking. <laughs> Keep talking, sexy. Can I? Can I get you a sherry? <laughs> no, I, I honestly, I'm, it's I the can't. worst thing you can say. It never works. Never oh, works. Well, that was our second works. question. How Never much works. skirt do you get off the back of being a pilot? <laughs> Zero, unfortunately. <laughs> Not it. through lack of trying. Not through Dan, so, trying. Dan, that first time you went in a plane when you were 20, at, what training did you get to get to that point yeah, where you good, can go yeah. up in the sky and do that? Um, and how nervous were you that first time? Uh, well, I don't know. This is kind of mixed with emotion and, and oh, my goodness, it's my dream. And also, can I do it? There's that kind of, if this doesn't go well this is 20 oh, years yeah, of wanting yeah. to do it yeah. you know? and there's no one up here there's this moment when you're up there by yourself when you first ever flight your first flight by yourself is only like five minutes yeah and you're up there on your own there's no one with you sorry the f- oh, so so yeah let me explain so you get like six weeks of going through you know um technical aspects of the airplane so how the fuel system works how the hydraulics work you know so you have to actually it's unlike it's not like when you get a car you kind of just go yeah you're expected to know everything about that so when you come down you can talk to the engineers about what you need to fix or, or whatever you know up there when it's going wrong you know how to deal with the the emergencies you know if the hydraulics start failing or the high you know you're running out of fuel all that kind of stuff uh then you get a, probably about 10 trips with an instructor showing you how to take off and land and they go right off you go and that's oh, it, that's, and you're up there it, by it seems like it needs to be more for me <laughs> i'm just I'm, and that's none of my business but it probably not... should have been more for me but how do they know when you're ready to do that? <laughs> I guess it's just that moment, isn't it? It's like when you let your kid oh go on your bike God. when you take the uh, stabilizers off for the first time. You just there's a bit of trust in there. If I, Dan, if I went up now on my own, would I crash? <laughs> <laughs> Yet yeah, you particularly, or one? <laughs> if you said, "Look, do that, do that," when you come down, do that, would I crash? You oh, probably. <laughs> <laughs> but luckily, he's on his own. <laughs> yeah but, yeah exactly um but yeah uh, and that's it there's this moment when you this you kind of you know, you're shitting yourself you take off there's that moment of euphoria you're are up you there. really you're really nervous oh, that, yeah. yeah unbelievably yeah, yeah yeah i mean even right to the very end i mean even even you know 15 years down the line there's sometimes you take off and yeah you know, your heart's racing you just got you, you're taking deep breaths just going come on mate calm down but yeah and you're up there and you think you have that moment where it comes you think shit I have to land this. There's no yeah. one else here can land this. What What is it like up there that first time when you're... Oh, amazing. Oh, it's like an out-of-body experience. There's almost... It, you almost, in a way, are a third... You're almost above the airplane looking down at yourself flying the airplane, which is a really bizarre way to explain it. But you just... I don't, yeah, and then it's over. It's over in a heartbeat. You're only up there for five minutes and you're taxiing in and that's it done. It's, it, it's it, unbelievable. So that's a dream of yours since four. You've never flown on your own. So you you really don't know whether you're going to get up and go, fuck this. You yeah. could, you, so that was a moment where you go, I've never done it. I'm on my own. I could, you could literally go, no way am I ever doing that again at that point because you haven't. Yeah, and oh, people do. People do. Do they? Really? Yeah, yeah, sometimes. And well, you know, too, some people it's too much for them. Yeah, much. and especially yeah. especially as, as the training goes on, you know, as you get through fighter pilot training, it gets harder and harder. And you know, the you know, there's 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 less pats on the back is probably the best way to put it. You know, you're getting pushed through your paces because there's a lot of people who want to be there. It's an honor yeah. to be there. Like is that is that the is that so when you start sorry, I'm I'm jumping, I've got so many Please questions. That so the two questions we've got is people essentially they start all as pilot, but do, do most people want to end up being a fighter pilot? But they they don't quite have that, so they go into other avenues. 
Or is it like people, there's going there's gonna be people who oh, right. shoot I asked, me down for it. Right. No, I, I, I think it's um, it, it's yeah. it's probably the best way to put it. I mean, not many. I, I think I, I would have been happy to have Basically, yeah. flown you're cargo. You're better but... than everyone. Else. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're saying that on his behalf. But we can walk yeah. away. Yeah, for the record, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you, you don't lose my friends. You're basically Wayne Rooney. It is. It's like, it's like getting into, the, getting into the top flight. Oh, my God. Yeah. He's nodding. For the benefit of listeners, no, he's nodding. <laughs> yeah, and he's doing a massive thumbs up and a shush. Yeah. <laughs> the other question I've got, I really want to know, is the stages from... So I've got you in my head in a little white plane yeah, so yeah, what yeah. are the steps plane wise to get to like the one you said <laughs> yeah, am you i talking too wise. technical yeah 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 can you slow down <laughs> <laughs> but you know what i mean like you've got a little white one. yeah we know what you mean get on with it <laughs> yeah yeah you do that, and that's exactly it they just get faster and more complex so you start off in this this little white aircraft that they you'll see buzzing around you know lincolnshire and uh, i think they got some up in yorkshire somewhere the little big bases hill? really big and hill uh not anymore but it used to be oh. yeah used to oh. be used to oh, be which wow. is a real shame we used to display at big and hill that was always yeah. a special place i, I grew know, up near big and hill so i probably saw you fly over now it's like hallowed ground for us you know with its history world war ii and all that. yeah yeah it's amazing with the really? fighter squadrons from the battle of britain and big and hill that's like hallowed turf for a, really for an aria fighter pilot yeah it's amazing. that's your fa cup final that's us, yeah. That's what we step, yeah. We love it there. Oh, lovely. Um, yeah, you do this thing for about six months, and then based off your performance, based off whether I mean, you can still ace it, and they just don't have any slots you know, in their right. fight training world. So you got you. There's a bit of luck involved as well. There's a little bit of not just can you fly the airplane. It's down to character as well. Yeah, it all fits in. Uh, and if you pass that, you go onto an aircraft that's called it's called a Takana. We don't have them anymore, unfortunately, but they kind of look a little bit like a Spitfire is the best way to describe them. So it's just a faster, punchier aeroplane. Um, and they teach you there to start being more tactical. So I don't know if you've been up to the Lake District, seeing the guys flying you know, low oh, level through God, the lakes. Where they suddenly go through the valley. Yeah, yeah, all that kind of what, stuff. Have you done all that? Yeah, yeah, that's where you start doing all that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah, where you start high. doing all that. Oh, yeah, because by the end of it, you know, when you fly, when you find the big boys right at the end, you know, you're using those mountains to hide from enemy radar. That's why you fly so low, so they can't see you coming. Oh, God. Have you experienced that, experienced that Joe, when they fly? Through? No, I haven't been to Lake District. No, I, I've, I've been... Pain in the arse as it goes. <laughs> We're having a nice dinner and some wally. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, you can. There's some areas in the UK that you're cleared, you know, as low as 100 feet. So 100 feet is about 30 meters, and you're doing about a uh, target run. You're doing about. We we find multiples of six because you know, 60 seconds in a minute, 60 minutes in a hour. I think that, that building thing, over there is about 30 meters. Yeah, so about that high off the ground, probably doing between 450, 500 miles an hour. So you're shifting. Okay, none of this makes sense to me. No, I'm just, I'm remembering when a plane went through the, when I was up in the Lake District, just how fast and and you were in it. Yeah, well, we go by, in when you fly, you go you're by. Chat a bit. <laughs> <laughs> bit of a bump down to earth, isn't it? In fact, no, do you know what? I'm going to tell you, I'll tell you guys this now, actually. Um, and you might cut it out. And if you do, awesome. But I'll tell you why I love your show is I've gone from something, you know, I was in the Air Force for 17 years and the last three of that in the Red Arrows, which was amazing. But, you know, you turn, I turned up every day at eight o'clock, let's say, I had a coffee. There's a bit of banter. You know, some guys would drive in, walk in, cycle in. 
But eight o'clock every morning, we were always at the coffee machine, having a bit of, you know, banter ripping into each other. And then you go into a brief and you do that every day, three times a day, every day you do that. Yeah, it does your head in. Five days a week, yeah, it does your head in, yeah. <laughs> and then it, and then it Grinds stops. Grinds you down, doesn't it? And then it stops, you know, yeah. and that's fine. Yeah. Yeah. You go different ways. And I, I yeah. now live in Putney. I'm not in the Air Force anymore. But, you know, what I love about your show is like, you, it feels like you're back in that environment. You know, you start to get part of, you know, you, you recognize the in-jokes coming or you recognize the banter. And then that's why a show like yours, go to say, guys, I absolutely love it because it kind of brings back that, that kind of feeling of community again, you know, and you know, you're not part of it, but you'll be in, I don't know, Sainsbury's and you guys will say something and you know what's coming next and you just start laughing out loud. Just, you know? And I love it. I love it. And honestly, Aww. it takes me back to the days of being on a squadron, you know, where you can have that kind of uh, environment. That's, that's why your show is awesome. That's I love nice. it a bit. Are, are we as sort of manly? as well do you think or less or less no but that's fine, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> well one day i'm going to go to uh eastbourne and watch the red arrows go across say to my grandson a man very similar to that man respected me once. <laughs> i believe he stopped listening round about 2023 <laughs> he said series seven oh. dips for him and um so yeah so so what's the next so what happened so then you get a bit question punchy. sorry okay. can i ask about the lake district and do you mind when you're going along at that speed so low are you aware of all this or are you just completely focused or is there a part of you going jesus christ yeah i mean it's to begin with yes you're going what on earth is going on here but then as you as you get used to it it gets easier and easier and easier and i, I say easier and easier and easier there's always a level of complexity to it but i mean for example you know through the lake district you fly fly military aircraft especially but every airplane really but especially when you're going low and fast you fly miles per minute per minute versus miles per hour so we tend to go we tend to cruise at seven miles every minute uh and when we're going fast we're doing about nine miles every minute and then when we're going you know high level supersonic you're doing about about 13 miles every minute so you're shifting Okay. So, what are you looking at when you're doing it? What is it? What's in front of you when you're going at that speed? Uh, the Lake District rocks. So you you kind of but, looking ahead. Wait, so it's just, just, it's just a blur, isn't it? What? Yeah, it's fast, but you're looking. You get used to the speed of it. I guess it's you know driving down a country lane versus driving down the motorway because you're going faster on the motorway. You're looking a bit further ahead of you. It's the same thing. Right. What's the danger? What what could danger? Cause- um, like a lot of birds or yeah that... birds are big yeah i've had a bird rip a huge hole in one of my but surely my that wings happens before. a lot doesn't it isn't that a huge worry? yeah but you know what it, you, you get used to seeing them and you, you can do some type of you know sometimes you can avoid them sometimes i've had somewhere you know you probably had this again driving when you duck you know oh, yeah, that close. Yeah, yeah. and i think luckily the bow wave of the aircraft sometimes pushes them over because you're going so fast yeah but you know sometimes you, you you take them on the chin unfortunately um you, I've, I've been got lucky. a real picture of one of those, what was it, a heron with like a baby in a, just flying along. With. <laughs> what, with a baby in a basket? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Looking behind yeah. it. Yeah, don't hit those ones. Yeah, no, no. Oh, my God. Yeah, they wouldn't do well in the moment. Yeah, so, yeah, you, you kind of just, you're looking ahead, you're thinking, right, where's the target how late am i am i on time am i early yeah who else is trying to get there the foot of example uh lake windermere which is one of the yeah as, as you enter the lake district that's just like driving in the roads that's a one-way system for jets you you can only go south to north because it's too narrow that if there was a jet coming the other way you haven't really got time to yeah go left and right and it's a bit of um you know the wild west out there there's a certain type of airspace below a certain altitude so low level 
where anyone can be and there's no air traffic control. So you are looking out the window oh my God. to avoid. So even if there's just you know a, a hang glider jumping off the side of a oh, oh, yeah. what about drones. Yeah, drones are a big problem. Big, big yeah. problem. Yeah. Because they're so small, you don't see them to so late. And no. hitting one of those at is yeah, you know, five hundred miles an hour. I mean it you'd think you would do better because you're the bigger aircraft, but it would just rip holes in, in your jet. So you've got to be very careful with those. If something like that happens, is it most if you hit something can most I, I guess you can still fly I don't what, what yeah all sorts all sorts I mean I've been as I say touch words I've been very lucky you know I, I have had one which ripped a hole in the wing but luckily it didn't take any of the fuel lines Sorry, out was that had, a bird that did that yeah 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 yeah, yeah. um I've had it, in fact again if you google the red arrows just this year one of the guys hit a bird um up in I, I just saw that yeah yeah, in Landudno, I think it was, or somewhere in Wales. And it, it just it ripped the whole uh, canopy off. So he's now flying at 400 miles an hour with no yeah, windscreen, essentially. Shit. And he managed to bring it back. Yeah, super lucky. And in fact, his one was quite um, uh, nerve-wracking because you have a certain... If you ever look at the, the glass, the canopy around the pilot's head, you can see these wiggles in it. And that's actually dynamite, essentially. So if you ever need to eject, we can pull a handle, the glass explodes, and there's a rocket in your seat that fires you out. Okay. So, they, okay. so, you, so you're not with the jet. <laughs> Have, Have you, you done got... training for that? <laughs> Honestly, no, is there a way of like preparing no, yourself? You for... have to go to the gym, and they put you on a table, and you have to jump onto the floor to practice your landing technique, and that is it. So, do you know you... anyone who's had to do that? Yeah, a couple, unfortunately. What? Yeah, I mean, and they explain what it was like. Did they? Or... Did they? Were they okay? Yeah, yeah, they're fine. Yeah, yeah, there's um, they're a little bit shorter because it actually compresses your spine because it's about Are 30, 40. No, no, no. It's, some guys have lost about an inch of height through the compression of the ejection. What does that feel? The pressure? What? Yeah. Oh, the thing so, is, right, in that moment that you're pulling that handle, it's to save your life. So you, it's not it's not a normal occurrence. You're not going to just, I'll give this a go. It, it's if I don't pull this handle, that my day in the office means that I'm not going home. So, so you have to pull it. And have you spoken to them about it? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I've flown with, I've flown with alongside guys. I haven't seen people eject, but I've flown with guys who have ejected. It's um, called uh, ejecting, and then come back. And what did they say? What did, what's the? Well, first off, I think it's that shock of it happening. You know, of you know, there's that initial thought of could I've avoided it? Then, then you realise actually the system probably let you down. It's because I mean, it's inherently dangerous, and these things can fail. It's only like a car breaking down, but. You know, you've got to deal with it when you're going fast. So, yeah, they said that you know, that moment of decision of, is almost like pure clarity. I have to do this. That moment of this is going to happen, so I have to go. Pull the handle. I, a lot of the guys say they've actually passed out because of the the force of gravity. It, you know, it, you, you just can't really stay conscious with it because it drags all the – and this is another thing when you're flying, you know, when you go around the corners, you're pulling so much G, it actually drains the blood from your head, so you have to squeeze to stay conscious. So you, I'll explain that in a moment. But, yeah, they kind of lose – consciousness and the next minute they've even found themselves in a parachute all the it's all happened so quickly they've woken up on the ground oh well that's insane <clears throat> so when you're ejected what part goes like lifts out so the, the seat plane? goes so when you actually get in you strap into a seat you know like you, mm. you um if you imagine getting in the car putting your seatbelt on <laughs> imagine if you get out of the car with a button the seat would go and then the seat actually the the I guess the shell of the seat falls away and your parachute's built into the back of your seat. It looks like a cushion when you get on it, but that's actually a parachute. So when you're bolted into or strapped into the seat, these bolts separate and you go out in the seat, massive rocket, takes you up about 250 feet above the airplane. 
doubtful way and then parachute opens and you come down safely. So the parachute automatically opens. So the guys that... Yeah, when they lost. pass out, they yeah they pass yeah. out, and that's yeah. okay. Yeah, the system's amazing. In fact, it's um our seats are all built in. You might have heard of Martin Baker. They're a very famous. Um, they're, they're in Denham, I think, uh, and they build ejection seats for air forces all around the world. And if you if you have a little look on their website, I think they've saved seven thousand lives in the in the history of their company over the decades. You know the amount of lives owed to this. Uh, I mean, in fact, you should go back and have a look at the, I think it was the 50s or the 60s when they started demoing, when we didn't have oh, crash test dummies. They literally just had people and would fly them out of aeroplanes to see if it worked or not. God, who wow. signs up for that? I don't know, but I hope it's very short, Very now. short people at the end of it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. Bloody Nora. Yeah. God, I've got to yeah, so that's that. Um, God, I've, oh, yeah, I've done my head in. Sorry, I'm not, I'm just imagining. <laughs> I just, I really want to know just what it feels like because I'm never going to do it I just wonder what it feels like to be out there going at that speed and there are moments when it's awesome you know there's, there are moments you because you can go up to about 55,000 feet so you can start to see the curvature of the earth and you're kind of up there by yourself and it all starts to get milky isn't a word but it looks a bit inky you know that kind of dark ink as it starts spilling around and you're just up there by yourself, and you just think, "This is mad. This is absolutely mad." Right, is, is, is it? Right. We- sorry, sorry, is it weird when I've you've just done that? Question. <laughs> Mine isn't good, so we'll cut right, this mine's out. Mine's good, so. Um, <laughs> is it weird after you've done that, and then you're driving home, and no one it's knows? The worst, it, it's the worst thing in the world. Is home. it? Well, it's not. It's not that no one knows. Um, I think when you're young and you're kind of going through, you kind of like going home in your flying suit and then you realise you just look like a bit of a knob. So you, <laughs> you start getting changed at work. So, you know, you think, sometimes you think, oh, it's dark, I can get away with this. Or sometimes you think, oh, shit, I've got to get some fuel. So you, you get changed so you don't get caught at the petrol station in your flying suit looking like a, an absolute... <laughs> nothing worse. I'm pretty pretty sure yeah. I wouldn't take mine off. <laughs> Yeah, or there's, or there's the, um, when you first get going, you know, in, in, again, in nightclub, you're talking to a girl and she doesn't believe you, so you get, like, your ID card out. <laughs> yeah, oh, it, that's less sexy, isn't it? Yeah, it's less sexy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm starting to be with her on that one. We've all, all right, been mate. there. We've all right, mate, put your, put your card uh, away. I like <laughs> a Chatterbix card. <laughs> <laughs> but no yeah, one but... believes you. No, no one believes you. And not having to say, you know, you eat. He stuffs, yeah, that we used to say we built those, you know, those hairs that they chase around the Greyhound tracks. Yeah. Yeah, that's more believable, it turns out. He stuffs them and I sew them up. <laughs> the girls love that. <laughs> you know, all the red and white stripes. I mean, the famous one, but red and white stripes at the of uh, lighthouses. He does the red, I do the white. They love that one. And uh, the other one is we design fireworks. That one goes down well. But we used to say, you know, we'd be on a Friday or a Saturday night in the town say, oh yeah, we're here. There's a massive fireworks display on Sunday. We're setting it up. Oh, nice. and, the, and the amount of people that have probably stayed an extra couple of hours in the town after a night out to watch a fireworks <laughs> never happened. Oh. Anyway. What's your excellent question? Hang on. Uh, yeah. I'm just asked, wondering whether to ask. <laughs> oh. <laughs> when you're up there, you're yeah. on your Todd, and you said you can see the curvature of the, the Earth. Mm-hmm. What would happen? I don't know what I'm going on about. If you just went fuck it, and you just thought I'm just going to keep going up. Uh, what would happen, and at what point would that happen? Yeah, I don't know what point, but essentially the air would get so thin that your engines wouldn't be able to turn anymore. So your engines would flame out essentially. We we were only allowed to fifty five thousand feet. Um, but the jet, I think, could go a lot higher than that. The jet could probably go to about 70-odd. So, you know, an airliner, when you go, when, you, when you're racing around Europe, you're probably about 35, 36, maybe even 40. So we're, Sorry, we're, what were you? 
What did we're you at 55 just n Fuck. normally, so we're about another 20,000 feet on what you'd be in an airliner. Uh, and I've seen I've seen a, a picture of someone clearly because the rules are the rules. It's the video cut off at fifty five thousand feet, but he was he was going some and he was pointing pretty vertically. So I could imagine they'd gone quite high. But the thing, right, when you get up there, there's there's a couple of issues. If you need to eject, there's no oxygen up there, so it doesn't matter about the parachute. You've got no oxygen, so you parachute you just bring you'd be dead by the time you come down. So they've got these um, oxygen bottles in your seat just to kind of keep you alive for a little bit should you have to get out of the airplane and come down. Uh, and also, if the canopy popped off, because of the altitude and the way in which, um, obviously, water boils at a lower temperature, the higher you go. If the canopy popped off, then your blood will start boiling under your skin. So there's only a certain limit that you can actually go. So there's no point actually being much higher, because it's just the risk versus reward is, is, is just yeah. it's the wrong way around. Don't do it. Don't do it, no. David. There's no point. And actually, do you know what? It's, it's, it, it sounds great. It's actually boring up there. It's more fun low level because you know yeah and you want to be racing through the lake district you know going around all the mountains and, and yeah. know, looking at people on the boats waving and yes it's it's it's, it's, it's better down low than that. <laughs> and that's the other thing right for those people in the lake district you can see them race fast. we can see you so wave at them yeah you, know, you can see people waving even though you're going fast you give you a bloody bird mate see that as well don't you <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> you can see really you can see yeah you can see people yeah 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 massively people in wales actually go up on this hill uh in mccuntleth and there's a yeah, week, yeah. yeah there's this loop that the jets fly around and the guys go up there in the morning and put these big banners on the side of the hill so we fly next to them so they could take pictures really yeah 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 hello chatter biscuits and chatter biscuits with nuts uh, etc if you're enjoying this podcast you need to get on our patreon you will get early access to ad free episodes there'll be videos and behind the scenes sneaky pics it's basically a place where we all hang out together and also you'll be given instant access to our discord community which is a friendly place where chatter biscuits share stuff and talk to one another it's like a nice twitter basically uh, so just go to patreon.com forward slash chatterbix. Also, Patreon is also an app you can download onto your phone. Fool for the price of a coffee. coffee. Once a month, you pay a few quid, quid, and you become a VIP chatterbiscuit. Yeah. That's what you'd like. Sign up at patreon.com forward slash chatterbix. The link is in the description of this episode. <laughs> there, done. Do you know what? There's over a thousand. We've got over a thousand, a over thousand patrons at the moment. Patreon. Right. Sorry, can, can I go back to the... I want to know the progression of the... Yep, so we're on the one that looks a bit like a Spitfire. Yeah. 
uh, fly that up in, it used to be a beautiful place uh, near York that we used to fly that, but they've got rid of that aircraft now, unfortunately. And then you go on to the Hawk. The Hawk is the same airplane that the Red Arrows fly. It's the, and it's your first ever jet. And what's cool about that is the first time you've had a jet engine. So I didn't really think about this until day one, but you normally had a big propeller in front of your face. Yeah. And then all of a sudden you've got nothing, you know, and you're just getting pushed. Uh, and it's, yeah, it's awesome. So anyway, you go to your first jet and that's the first time, you know, you've got a proper proper jet. You've got your, your big helmet with your oxygen mask on. You've got your G pants. So these, these pants that inflate. So as you go around the corner, well, as you go around the corner, because you're pulling G, we're currently sat here at one. You know, when you go around the corner at that fast, so you actually turn, you pull in about four five, sometimes up to six, seven G. So that's, you know, seven times force gravity. So you're a human head, no matter, you know, body disposition, human head weighs about a stone. Right, so around the corner, your heads weigh about eight, nine stone. So you, you, you've got a lot of force on your neck. And because of that, a lot of the blood's being dragged out of your brain, out of your head and down into your lower body, because obviously it's, it's getting dragged away. So you, you start to lose your vision first. Well, you lose color first, because your blood starts losing, your eyes start losing the you blood. You lose color, what does that look like? Everything goes what? Yeah, it looks great. It's like looking at an old movie. It starts to go like gray, gray and black. Yeah, everything, you lose color first. Uh, and then you start to lose, and then you get tunnel vision. So essentially, it then looks like you're in binoculars, but, but well, not really looking very fast. Just you know, you start to lose your vision, and then eventually it goes. And then you're conscious, but you can't see, and eventually you black out. Uh, and unfortunately, that has has caught people out before. So when you turn, you have to like you know crunch up basically all your muscles to keep the blood in the right place so that you don't pass out. And then these pants that they give you. Yeah, they inflate and they kind of squeeze your legs so that it gives you that extra thing to squeeze against to see, so your blood stays stays in your head and you don't pass out. Bloody hell, you got that going on while steering. What's steering? Is it called steering? I don't know. Is it... Yeah, I guess you can call it steering. <laughs> um, it's turning, I'm looking isn't it? at a hawk now. I've just Googled a yeah. hawk jet. Yeah, they're one. quite small the, the, the one behind you yeah, yeah, they're, yeah they're really small but i mean when you get there i mean i was 23 when i got to those and you kind of walk out to those and they are small but still it's your first jet yeah, you, 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 oh my goodness, how long do you fly those for for about 18 months um and they teach you to fly a jet for about a well actually probably a bit less so they teach you to fly a jet for about 10 months to a year and you're just kind of learning all the dynamics of it and then you go to this final squadron for four months and this is the final stage of fighter pilot training uh, and that's where they teach you finally to fight an airplane. So oh, at, all right, this point, okay. at all this point, you've been taught to be a pilot. And now and now it's like, right, guys, flying airplanes is assumed. Now it's about learning to use it as a as a system. So this is about getting in low. This is about getting to targets, about getting out. This is about not being shot down. It's about looking after yourself. So you do, that's where you first learn to dogfight. So, you know, you go up with what other jets. What is that? Jets. What's dogfighting? Kind of what you saw in um, Battle of Britain, really, is it's two jets up against each other trying to shoot each other down. So, yeah, getting in behind each other, scrapping and kind of rolling around each other. And it's just like an aerial battle, really. And it's he, he who gets uh, the shot first wins. Um, how, how do you train for that? Well, do, you, do you have like yeah, a well, You go up with an instructor. So you've got a student in the front, instructor in the back. Um, and you kind of you, you go through all the theory on the ground for a week or so. And then they go up and they just make it, they make it, it's very dynamic, but they make it very canned. You know, it's very set procedure. We just go out. It's over Anglesey, actually. So all the jets um, fight pipe training at that stage is at Anglesey, just near Hollyhead. There's yeah. a little base yeah, there yeah. called Valley. Or, I mean, the most beautiful, beautiful place in the world. But we used to go out over the Irish Sea, really, or down into um, the Klim Peninsula. 
and you'd get to about 5,000 feet or 15,000 feet, really. You weren't allowed below 5,000. You'd simulate the ground being 5,000. And that's it. You go right, you go left, I go right, meet you in the middle, and you meet head on, probably oh. both doing about 400 miles an hour. So you pass what? each other head on, and then it's like, right, here we go. And you just, it's a duel. And he who, who gets the shot first. And do you have like... Um some way of how do you know if you would have hit each other so you've got these you've got these uh missiles on the wing um and the tone so you've got these um uh heat seeking missiles so essentially on the front of it there's a sensor looking for heat uh and as soon as it sees heat in your uh headphones you get like a boop, 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 boop. so like right i've got it and as soon as you hear that tone i could take a shot well you take a shot and away it goes but it doesn't leave and what it does is the uh, it's like got an SD card in it, right? So you, you take the shot and when we come down, we take the SD cards out the back of the jet, put them in the computer, and then we get like a GPS view of where we were, where they were, and it works out if it if it would have been, if you're dead or alive. Yeah, and in fact, when you get shot down, it puts a little coffin around you, which is a bit disappointing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. So, yeah, so you do that, and then um, by the end of it, you know, the end of, the end of that, it's you and another mate, you take a jet, you take two jets out of Anglesey. You have to get to the south of Wales, all low level. Uh, you're not speaking to each other. You're doing things with like um, hand movements and wing flashes to mean turn this way, turn that way. It's kind of a, a fighter pilot sign language, if you like. You very rarely make a radio call. Uh, and whilst you're doing that, there's some instructors in other jets who are chasing you down to try and stop you from getting to the target. So you'll be you know, racing down through Wales at two, 250 feet, probably. That's about 70 metres about 400 and 450 miles an hour. And then all of a sudden, out the corner of your eye, you think, right, life's good. We're on time. We're on target. This is going to be awesome. Corner of your eye, you just see this jet racing in. And all of a sudden, at low level, you've got to then come off, off route, counter him, make sure that he doesn't shoot you down, shoot him down. And then after all this chaos, you're going, right, where are we? Which sounds ridiculous because, you know, your head's out most of the time. Oh, so you're like, you're just you, you got doing whatever. Up. And then if you got through it, you go, where the hell am right. I? Yeah, now I've got to get to the target on time. Oh my god! And then you're like, right, well, I'm here, here, here. Your thumb, by the way, on a RAF map is about uh, about seven miles, so you can work out straight away if you can look at the ground, look right. at your map, work out where you are. Go right, right. That's about that's about you know twenty miles. So that's three minutes or whatever it might be. I've got enough fuel. Right, let's go hit the target and come home. Bloody hell! And then, so if you do all this, do you say for eighteen months? Then what's yeah, that's the... about eighteen months? Yeah. And at the end of that, they then go okay you're this good or you can progress or, yeah. or what is, is it literally someone, or you're done or you're done or you're done you can get done you can get done after four and a half years you can, you can be done pretty much in a week you could turn up have a bad monday morning they'll they'll have a little chat with you tuesday say hey look what went wrong let's go i mean and they give you every opportunity to, to succeed but sometimes it just doesn't work out wow. so tuesday you'll go back up again with an instructor try it again Hopefully that goes well. If it doesn't, they might give you Wednesday off. They'll give you another check ride Thursday, and you go, okay, right, like a let's go and practice it again. Check ride Friday. If that doesn't go well, you know you could be you'd be packing the van over and the did weekend. Did you see that van. happen? Yeah, yeah, you're right at the end, right at the end for some guys. Yeah. Sorry, how many years is that? And that would have taken four and a half, five. And what? And and so for that person, what? They are they're, they're, they can still fly. Obviously, they just yeah can't, yeah yeah. They'll, they'll go off and do other stuff. Yeah, they just can't go be, fly uh, helicopters. They just yeah. can't fly fighters, which is a shame because you by, too, by that point, <laughs> <laughs> basically, you are the Deodora. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, but by that point, by that point, you know they've they've invested. It's there. It's the dream. You know, it's like, 
Yeah, and you just see them and they're gone. Yeah, gone in a heartbeat. And you just think, oh, so sad. And what percentage? But for the, but for the rest of us, yeah. What? Uh, no, I, I don't know. It's people asking that all the time. I've, I don't know how many people apply in a year, but I graduated on, on a course of seven. And I would imagine there'd be, you know, thousands of people apply to be a, pilot, a fighter pilot every year. Um, I reckon probably five to six courses graduate a year. Dad, so there's probably what's about- so good about you? <laughs> no, genuinely. <laughs> how are you good at it? Well, I don't what? know. If I, I think because I love it. I think if you love something, then it just becomes a lot easier, doesn't but you've it? Got, but, I mean, but you luckily had something in the DNA as well. That there's something in the DNA as well. Yeah. I mean, yeah. don't get me wrong. Like, you know, I, I went through every course, and every course is a little bit... Um, do you remember... I don't know if you guys ever did, like, the Scouts or anything like that. Oh, I did, to give did you, the Cubs. Scouts they give, you, they give you badges. They give yeah. you badges. The military's yeah. the same. We, we get very territorial and proud about what Velcro badges were awarded. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and... Um, uh, at the end of every course, it's still it's a bit bizarre that twenty three fighter pilot train they're still handing out awards at the end of every course. You know, like <laughs> most improved and all this sorts of stuff. Best at making a bomb. I, yeah, I never, I didn't win anything at every course. Someone won the best pilot or the best at aerobatics, the best at formation, the best at low level bombing, all this kind of stuff. And I never won anything. However, the one thing I am very proud of is that when I finished training, there's one one award that I didn't even know existed but it was um who the instructors would most want to go to war with uh, and i was very lucky i was awarded that one so i, I never got anything oh, off my wow. pure piloting ability so maybe maybe it's a bit deeper than just being able to fly airplanes now yeah. i think it's about yeah. about kind of just being there and what it's all about encompassing the spirit of all i think and did you have a did you have a a moment where you there was a wobble for you like i'm just thinking of all to Antonio, i'm thinking of like all the documentaries i've seen about footballers or whatever and they all have a a moment all footballers have a moment where something doesn't work out did you have a point where you're like oh god this might not work out yeah yeah loads all the time and i think actually in a, in a weird way that's probably why i did okay you, know, you talk about some of those guys who you know failed quite quickly and left they probably hadn't failed anything for like four years yeah whereas i managed to fuck something <laughs> up at every stage <laughs> I managed to find something to fail on at every stage. So I got used to failing quite early. And I think that would probably help me out because you think, oh, well, I'm still here. You yeah. haven't got rid of me. Whereas people feared the failure the whole way yeah. through. That when it actually happened, they just crumbled. Whereas right. I think it's quite important to, I think it's quite important to embrace that failure as early as you can. And, you know, it's, I guess it's funny now to talk about it. It didn't feel funny at the time. <laughs> You're the only one. Yeah. Fucking you know, I remember once I went on a trip. I went on, a, I went on one trip and um, I got lost and I had to scare traffic to get me home. I had no idea where I, I thought, oh, this probably isn't for me. Where I'm, were you? I'm probably Just, whereabouts were you? He had well. no idea. Um, <laughs> I was very lucky, actually. I very nearly flew in uh, into Luton's airport, which would have been a real bad day out. But um, yeah, around Cambridge, really. I just looked down and I thought, this looks nothing like my map. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, I just, and there's this awful moment where you've got to get on the radio and say, can you? <laughs> I can see. <laughs> what can you see, Dan? <laughs> I can see, I can a, see a giraffe. <laughs> <laughs> see, Will, Will the Beast, you are yeah, not yeah. in the UK. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, and there's also, yeah, there's moments I was very lucky, um, you know, early teens, 2013, now finished training. I'd been on a, a, you know an actual proper squadron for about four years, and I got selected to go. We call it the weapons school, but I mean it's it is essentially colloquially Top Gun, I guess. 
but I got selected to go to our, our Top Gun school. We call it the Qualified Weapons Instructor course, which is like seven months. And there was times on there going back to that dip in form that I don't know if it's because we were getting pushed at such a high pace or what, but I, I, was, I was waking up in the morning going, I used to be good at this. And now I just, yeah, you know, everything seems to like crumble. It's like, you know, when you're holding sand in your hand, it's just kind of going through the gaps in your fingers. You think, I used to be right. Were you the pressure? Yeah. Was it stressful? Big time. Oh, yeah. huge. Yeah, it's like getting into the squad point. or something where you kind of Yeah, going. well, that, 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 that course, you know, now you've made it to, to a frontline <coughs> squadron. There's now five or six, you know, fighter squadrons. The very are, best. Of the very best. And there's yeah. 15 to 20 guys on every squadron. There's four in the UK. There's four, oh, well, UK, I should, I, may I correct myself? Four in England, four in Scotland. Uh, and um, the, um, out of all of those squadrons, uh, two or four guys get selected every year to go to this weapon school. Wow. So, you know, and, and it's awesome. You know, you get, you get brought back, you get taught to be the best in every aspect of that aircraft, you know, whether it's dropping bombs or shooting missiles, dogfighting, or if it's reconnaissance, whatever it might be. And then you go back to the squadron as like the subject matter expert in everything that that aircraft does to the point that you're writing the tactics uh, for whatever might come up or you're teaching the new bosses that come in or you're teaching the new wingmen. You're in charge of basically holding up the standards and making sure that that squadron is tactically sound to go wherever in the world at any moment and come oh, back. So, so, I'm, yeah. At what point, uh, how many points in your training do you stop and go, like, if I get to bit, what could be the repercussions of my actions? Or do you know what I mean? If you go off, do you ever get to stop and go, oh, my God, the responsibility I've got? And... No, it's huge. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you, you've got you've got a 25-year-old um, person joining the squadron who, you know, they're wet behind the ears. I mean, I, I, mean, I remember the first time I, the first time I took off, went on this, yeah, it was only in the UK, a mission. But, you know, we took off, we went out and over the North Sea, and there was a big tanker you know like a big airliner flying around with hose pipes hanging out the back and you've got to plug into it to get more fuel in the sky and then go off and do your mission and i remember just having a shocker and i landed and i lay in bed that night and this was like my second day on the squad and i thought now no nah, nah, gone too far now this is this is it <laughs> just tap out before it gets too late so you know you roll on four or five years later when you're now the weapons guy on the squad and teaching all of you guys and that you have to remember that because you know these guys these yeah. guys are up there by themselves there's no one helping them out and it's a dangerous job you know sometimes people don't come home you know you've got to make sure that yeah these guys do and it's within your your power to make sure that they can it's and a- these guys got families and yeah, children yeah, of yeah, oh, yeah 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 is, is there a is there a sort of is there because of that pressure is there like uh only a certain amount of time you're allowed to do it for because no no not actually being a fighter pilot you can be a fighter pilot right through to your 55 um really uh, it doesn't really change and and a lot of people say but you know what about your reaction time you know because people have this mindset that as a fighter pilot you've got quick reactions that's true but as you get older if your reactions do actually slow down maybe they don't in that environment but your experience grows so you can read a situation so much quicker than someone else you know when, when we're flying when we're pushing it up in an aerial battle practicing in north sea you know uh, we're thinking maybe 100 150 miles ahead of where we are yeah and these guys see that so when you're young and you're new you're thinking right what's happening in the next two minutes and you're, mm. you're looking at the brick wall in front of you these guys are 200 miles down the road so yeah. you know they, they're not having to react as quick because they've already seen it they know what's coming yeah so you know you can do that but you know when you go to someone like the red arrows you're only allowed to be there three years because you get so used to the danger of it you become dangerous okay because things are moving around you you know when you get there you think oh my god i'm gonna die 
that's that initial right. feeling of that fear. Okay. You know, like kind of dry mouth, tight chest. That kind of what, what am I doing? Here? Why is it? Why is the red arrow so dangerous? What do you mean? Because I well, I, well, they're not dangerous. It's but just I mean, it's, it's an abnormal. The, it's, yeah, a, yeah. it's an abnormal environment to yeah. be in. So yeah. because all of a sudden you're really close to each other. You know, you're about eleven feet from each other. Oh my god! And you're and you're what? upside down. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Sometimes close in cloud, a bit closer. Yeah, you wouldn't want to come much closer than about seven. But yeah, you're about eleven feet from each other. It's so weird. Down. It's so weird because because I say I grew up near Biggin Hill. I saw the red arrows a few times, and you're not blasé about it, but you sort of see it and you go, "Oh, they're close to ever." But you don't go, "That's mental." When you're a kid, you know, you go, "That's cool, isn't it?" And then yeah, you go, "What is mental about it?" Is those jets? So the jet I flew in my final year was it first flew in the Air Force in the mid seventies. So they're they're not new and they haven't got any automation on them. It, so it's 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 almost like the go kart of the jet world. So you know when they are that close, there's no automatics going on. That is just pure hand and stick and eye coordination. Just making sure you know the power's on at the right time. You're yeah, you, and you can imagine how bumpy it sometimes gets. You just got to ride those out and just hope that it all goes well through the training. But yeah, you, you get used to it being. I mean, I remember one show. I think it was. Um, uh, Cleethorpes. It was a beautiful evening display, but and this is an example why I think it was like my second year, and we're doing a, a loop or something. And I remember thinking, I've got something like three chicken breasts in the fridge, <laughs> of which they're they're all gonna, they're all going to go out of date tonight, and I only want one, and I don't really want to have to cook all three. And yeah, and then you think, mate, what are you doing? Get back yeah, in the show. Yeah, yeah. Are there any moments where you go, uh, oh, big yeah. time? Yeah, big time, big time. And that's why they move you. So Whoa. You, know, you do one year in one position, next year you move oh. to the next position, next move, because then you constantly, you know, you, there's that got, element yeah. of fear and self-preservation still within you because you get, it's an awful word, but you get complacent. It's like driving a car, right? Yeah, you remember yeah, when yeah. you start to learn to drive a car and how you drive one now? I hate that moment when you're driving a car and you go, I don't remember driving that bit of the motorway. Yeah. Because I was thinking yeah. about dinner. Whatever, Honestly, it's no different. I mean, at the busy moments, of course, you're fully engaged. Mm. But there are there are moments when you think, I am doing 400 miles an hour here thinking about what I'm having for dinner. Yeah, it's a bit, it's a bit what, with the, When the red, you did the red arrow, so what, do you, what do you do? How does it, how do you kind of go, right, we're going to be in a, a diamond for, or whatever, you know, like. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, well, you start off just basically in ones and twos. Um, so. The big picture is you have a, a box. We we give each other what we call a box of airspace around each other. So let's say it's about four feet forward, back, left, right, up and down, because it's a 3D space. Probably a little bit more to begin with, to be fair. But you just let the new guys go up. So red one, who leads the formation, will take maybe red two and red three, who are the guys right next to him, up. Maybe with a couple of um, old red Arab guys in the back, just to say, look, this is how you loot, this is how you roll. Now, these guys are experienced fighter pilots. They've probably taken between 10 and 12 years to get to the point of being eligible to be in the team. You, you have to have been a fighter pilot for quite a while before you get anywhere close to it. Uh, so they've understood how to fly airplanes, but this is just different now. It's so different because the airplane feels different. The commands are different. It sounds ridiculous, but even when you're looking next to the, the guy next to you, you know, for the first couple of trips, you're 11 feet off a red arrow's wing. You're looking at one another. <laughs> just winking at one another. <laughs> Plain Always. Uno. Yeah. It used to be actually it was the first one to get the bird up after takeoff one. Yeah, it's... <laughs> <laughs> uh, but there was it, you used to pay quizzes. If we used to get you know from one country to another, it used to be my job to have to do like a quiz. Yeah, <laughs> used to have red nines quiz. So we have two radios, one for air traffic, the other one you know inter team. 
So I used to have to take a quiz up with me and I used to kind of grip the stick with my knees and read out a little quiz on my iPad and you know, have a little knockout system. I'll be honest, when, I came, when I wrote that question down, I just thought, oh, it'd be a bit of fun just asking if they'd sort of chill out up there. Oh, they do chill out. <laughs> <up there. laughs> I didn't think you'd be looking at your iPad. No, not no, on <laughs> Oh my god! Yeah, that's for that's for the more mundane trips, you know. Just that's just the commute, you know. When you get an A to B, yeah. But the thing is, there's a method in the madness there. It keeps guys sharp because, as you say, it's easy for your mind to wander when you just yeah. When you're up there, just boring in a straight line, but you're used to being low to the ground doing loops and rolls. So did you say four years in the Red Arrows, and then that's it? I did three, yeah, three, yeah, three three and a half for me. But yeah, so you kind of move position, 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 and then eventually it's like, well, you fall off the back. That's it. You're done. You're out. So there's guys that have done longer. Um, unfortunately, we've had a few accidents, uh, or the team had a few accidents, or you know, one of the guys broke his knee playing football, so you know he can't fly. So we, there's guys who will stay on and help us out, but but essentially, it's it. You, you kind of classic tour as you know, three years, one in each place, and that's it. Done. And you've waited 15 years to get there. And yeah. so, so when it's done, how do you feel then? Do you, is it? Have you got it out of your system or are you sort of no, still yearning for... No, I don't think you for... never get out of your system. Really? No. Yeah, there's this, um, there's this big dinner. This is the worst part, actually. There's this big dinner uh, to, you know, honour the guys leaving and to welcome the guys coming in. And at midnight, officially, the team has changed. And at midnight, you get kicked out of all the WhatsApp groups. That's the worst bit. You wake <sighs> up in the morning and, like, Red One's kicked you out of the Red Arrows WhatsApp group. That's a bit of a... Oh, my that's God. That's a bit of a low moment, yeah. But apart from that, it's all good. You, but then you get added into the extra arrows WhatsApp group. So yeah, the world the world turns on WhatsApp. But having retired, do you, do you miss that? The yeah, of... yeah. I mean, I still fly. I fly oh, okay. professionally. So yeah, I, I, I fly. A, um, well, I fly for a family now. I fly a private jet for a family. Oh right. So I was fortunate enough to go in a private jet this year. Yeah, we flew from Biggin Hill to. Um, you might have flown me. By the way, a lovely uh, cheese bagel. You guys hang out a lot. You guys hang out at Biggin Hill a lot. Yeah, no. We're Biggin Hill. We'll do a 40-minute section to, on Biggin Hill. Biggin Hill. I'd have I went from Biggin Hill to Norway. I'd yeah. never been in one before. And uh, I felt like I was just in like, a tiny little car. Like a little yeah. sound micro. Going. I yeah, found it quite disturbing. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, yeah. The small really ones, I, quick I, and really small. I flew on a small one once and I didn't like it. No, I am. Um, I like it. I fly four seater. Well, I fly a thirteen, so it's a bit bigger, but it's uh, it's quite. I mean, we would go to Singapore from London, so it's it's a fairly significant jet. Yeah, it's awesome. That's a long, it's really, way. really cool. That's yeah, a long way. Yeah, yeah, long, long way. It's about uh, we could fly for about we could fly a same length as any airliner and and probably oh. go a bit faster. Yeah, yeah, it's amazing. How does it? Sorry, I'm now interested in that. How, so, if you've got a private jet, they they how does it work with obviously because airspace? How can you just yeah? You well, just... you just fit in with an airliner. It's like anyone. Yeah, we'll land at um at like Luton, for example, or Farnborough, or well, we don't, but you could land at Heathrow and you just kind of take off after the big guys and just yeah get above them. You yeah. kind of have to go up slowly, kind of fit in with them like a traffic jam, and then when they all kind of level out because they're too heavy, then we nip up and away we go. Well, I've got a question for you, Dan. Very strange thing happened when we flew over to Norway. My son said, uh, hey, what's that over there? And, oh, and then everyone sort of looked over, what's that? We asked the pilot, he got very shifty. <laughs> we saw this very strange black smoke high up in the sky. And my son thinks it was an alien or something. What, what was it? Are there aliens? <laughs> <laughs> 
We've been or building up just, to or this. Or is that what the, just the, the smoke looks like when you're high? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's getting yeah. Oh, hello. They're all getting oh, your internet's thing. not going down, Dan. Answer the question. Are you an alien? <laughs> Honestly, it's really peculiar. It's like this really jet black smoke in that the distance. Odd. I've yeah, probably not I... seen jet black smoke in the air before. Okay. Sorry. On a, sim- on a similar, question, can I ask yeah. one of the questions? I, how, do you set, how do you make the uh, stuff at the back go blue? Yes. What a super question. <laughs> stuff at the black go blue. You know, when you're You're red a red arrow, arrow mate. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Have you never looked behind you? <laughs> When you're going along, when you're going along, loads of blue stuff comes out the back. Loads of blue stuff comes out the back. What a way to find out after seventeen years. What made you? Yeah, God, that's a good question. Yeah, what do you do? How do you get it to come out? You got it. You got it. Um, so on your uh, control column, the way you fire the jet, you got three. You got three buttons. One is for red, one's white, and one's blue. Oh really? And you got li- yeah, and that's it. And then you got a little. I love you've how got a little, sophisticated it is. You no, just and go. Then your, and then on your da- yeah. <laughs> It's easier said than done, by the way. Oh, yeah. Okay, I, yeah. I mean, he's asked for blue before, and I've put on red, which went down horribly. There's two red but, yeah, you got, there, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but you've got red, white, and blue. So if you ever look at a red arrows jet, underneath the middle of it, there's like a pod. And that's got diesel and dye, and that mixes. And then essentially what happens is you, you press a little button in the cockpit, and it actions that comes out, and then it mixes either red or blue dye into the into the flow and then as it gets dripped into the against you know the efflux of the jet engine it blooms into smoke and that's how you get the yeah red white and blue but there's for that there's five minutes of white one minute of blue one minute of red so you have to be super oh. careful yeah so when he's telling you turn it on and off you have to be on it because you know you could be a, a show's about 25 minutes long yeah and you've only got five minutes of smoke i have always so wondered you, why you didn't keep it on the whole time i'd be like come yeah, on there's not a lot there's not a lot left and in fact we uh, bless it It'll be for the king now. But when we used to fly past over Buckingham Palace for Her Majesty, what we used to do is, if you ever see, there's a little big square underneath. You know, it's not normally there, but there's a big square bit of metal under the airplane if you zoom into a picture over the Queen. And uh, basically, it's an air brake. So in the sky, obviously, because you haven't got brakes because you're not touching the ground, you've got big bits of metal that kind of come out into the airflow. You know, if you're driving and you put your hand sideways and it blows your hand back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Basically, got big bits of metal that come out into the airflow, and that's what actually slows the airplane down in the sky because it's pushing against the air. So what we used to do is put those out so we'd be slow yeah. and put loads of power on so we were still going the same speed. So now the engine's burning really hot and then you dump the smoke into that so you get really thick, beautiful oh, blue, right. blue, blue So she Amazing. got the good stuff. Amazing. She got the good stuff. And then sometimes when you went down to Big and you didn't have quite enough, did you? And we'd only get 30 <laughs> seconds. <laughs> <laughs> I was timing. And nothing comes out and there's either yeah you've either not counted it properly or whatever but you're the one and this is the thing right when you get into a team like that this is the one thing about you got up every day and people oh was it dangerous you scared the one thing you were petrified well was being the one guy who would mess it up for everyone else yeah oh yeah you, know, yeah, you were the one guy yeah. who went left when everyone went right or yeah. you were the one guy who thought we were doing a role when we were doing a oh. You know, well, you were the one person who put the wrong colour smoke on as we went over the Queen in front of how many yeah. people were still on the uh, That was, oh, you lived in fear every day. You didn't, honestly, you didn't ever think, oh, I'm not going to come back from this. Oh, this is dangerous. You thought, do not be the only one to get it wrong. Yeah. That lived on, that lived on your shoulder the whole time. Oh, my God. Can I ask one last question? Would you mind? Please do. 
Um, did you say your brother flies for EasyJet? Yeah, he does, yeah. How safe are aeroplanes? Oh, incredibly safe. Oh, thank God how? for that, David. <laughs> no, I, I find it like, how are they? <laughs> have you got well, oh, right. well, it, well that's a very different question but they're not in terms of how inherently very dangerous are they really are they no he said on the ground <laughs> yeah i mean when you think about them when you think about how nuts they are this is yeah, why yeah. i love it i love flying i love flying i mean especially when you go to heathrow or something when you see those massive airplanes you know they've got what 300 people on them everyone's got a couple bags everyone's mm. got movies and food and booze they're all going somewhere and just in those wings is enough fuel to pick them all you know mm. and in those engines is enough thrust and those wings enough left to just pick them all up off the ground and just fly them across the world i just find it nuts yeah and you dan think, are you when you get on a plane and go on holiday are you cool as a cucumber i just want <laughs> to know that you are so chilled no a i find it super boring i hate sitting down the back and b i'm i'm I used to be cool with it, but now every mo, you know, kind of like moan and creak and groan, you're like, mm, what's that? What's oh, that? no, what's no, that? no. So even you think that. <laughs> oh, fuck it. I'm playing the plane. You just want to scare yourself and me. Now, I spoke yeah, to yeah. a pilot once at my son's cricket training. He was a, told me he was a passenger pilot. And he went, no, it's dangerous. And he said, turbulence is fucking dangerous. And people don't know that. Yeah, I guess yeah, he's fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> You're talking to someone who's done a loop to loop, David. He's not as worried is he, as you. Is he? I was just no. There's levels of it. There's levels of it. I mean, there is. There are clouds that you won't go. In. You know, like those beautiful, big, fluffy human nimbus. They're called. You wouldn't go in them. They'll rip your wings off. Don't go in them. But you know, that's why we'll go around them. But the aeroplane's got this amazing weather radar. You know, there's guys at the guys at the front are watching. There's one dedicated screen. That's just essentially painting. We call it painting. It's, you know, look, looking out hundreds of miles ahead. And depending on how thick the cloud is, precipitation, hail, all the rest of it, it will come back in a certain color on our screen. And we're like, right, well, let's go around that. And he's definitely not thinking about chicken breast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'd, like like I'd like to go out the front and prod him to keep yeah. him well, we had this. We had this one in the Reds, actually. We were going from, um, we were going from Chicago to New York. Uh, we did this big tour of America in 2019. Uh, about three, four months touring all the cities out there. It was amazing. But Chicago was a huge height. It was the first time we displayed, I think it was a million people had turned up to the show. So, you know, as you're kind of turning up into your first loop, first of all, we kind of gone through the skyscrapers of Chicago, which was nuts. Oh and we were displaying on the um, on the banks of the, of the lake there. And as you pull up into a loop, so you kind of start a loop at about 300, 350 miles an hour. By the time you get to the loop, you're only back down to about 120 miles an hour. So it's super slow which actually is quite difficult, but you can have a quick cheeky look up because obviously the, the ground's now above you. And you could just see, you couldn't see like the beach or anything. It was just colour, you know, all these people, all these jackets. Uh, oh, it was amazing. It was a million people that had come out to watch the show. Anyway, the, two days later, we were kind of still riding, you know, that kind of high of a million people just come to the show. I mean, it wasn't just us, by the way. It was a big air show, but it was the first time we had displayed with that many people watching. And we were going from uh, down to New York for a show in New York. And we were going around these massive thunderstorms. Uh, and we had to say to air traffic, look, we need to come down now because we need to land, but there's huge storms everywhere. Is there anything in our path? And they've got other, other ways of working out. I said, no, no, you're good, come down. So we came down and there were six of us in one formation, six in the other. As we came down, the, the one, the pod in front of us just disappeared in this cloud, right? And basically it's a fog bank, 
oh shit so you know bit of talk on the radios we all stood uh, got closer and closer it was so thick I was 11 feet from the guy next to me pretty much disappeared so I stepped it into about six feet just just can see his wingtip and then all of a sudden boom nothing right so there was there's oh, now Jesus 12 word. of us Jesus word. all within a probably within about six feet individually of each other and we couldn't see each other and, it, and we're all doing this by eye right so we think nah this isn't good so all of a sudden it's like fives out six out sevens out so we all go full power and we kind of break away in these pre-determined you know angles and heights but now there's 12 of us in this cloud. We have no idea where each other is. And then and then the turbulence hit. And one of the guys who was at full power trying to climb, getting pushed down, because you know the, these clouds that I'm telling you about, this is where it does get dangerous. It's like the wind that it will lift you up thousands of feet and drop you thousands of feet, you know, in seconds few, which is where the wings can't hack it. That's why you need to avoid it, because then you start structurally damaging the airplane. But I where I went, just it, luckily the other chaps didn't have as much to deal with i started hitting these hailstones at about the size of golf balls and it just started ripping all the paint off off the jet yeah and started smashing on the windscreen luckily it didn't crack it and then i just popped out of this cloud by myself i thought oh shit i hope the guys and looked over and i'll never forget from about two thousand to about thirty thousand feet there was just this monster of a cloud that air traffic had unfortunately hadn't seen on the radar or hadn't thought to tell us and i just saw these little red darts just dropping out everywhere luckily everyone everyone's okay but that's that's why you don't go into those clouds because they, they can they start messing with you oh fuck what a way to end just <laughs> episode 289 <laughs> <laughs> is it that many episodes for you guys now yeah like, honestly i absolutely love this this has Please. been amazing dan thank you, you. i think oh. you might have overtaken steve davis yeah, well, I thought great. at times I thought it was a bit depressing. Sorry, oh, it's uh, absolutely oh, it's gripping. gripping. Yeah, yeah. I was on a beer. Oh. Oh, I loved it. It's just another world. Yeah, it's yeah, it's good fun. It's good fun. And yeah, the guys, are, the guys at the moment, they're out in the Middle East. I think I'm looking at the team at the moment. Yeah, they're down to we normally fly as a as a as a nine. There's a few issues going, so they're down as a six. But hopefully, you know, 2023, that team will be back as a nine, displaying all around the UK. So you know, if they're down in your area, go watch them because I mean, I. I love them to bits. Yeah, that's why, you know, it's 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 funny. I sometimes you say you're over it, you kind of it doesn't come into your day-to-day life. And then, you know, someone like yourself mentioned it and you kind of go, Oh, yeah, you, know, you forget that you're a part of it. You just think, Oh, I love them. You know, yeah, I still see yeah. them now. And I kind of yeah, if you're driving down that's the motorway nice. and they're going somewhere, you just see these nine red jets. And it, I don't know, there's something inside you that just kind of fills yeah. you with pride or excitement, everything. I mean, I love it. So I'm looking forward to seeing them next year. And you know, if you guys get a chance, go watch oh, 100%. them. You know, give them a shout and go see them because they're, they're, they're yeah. good lads they're, hopefully they're pretty relaxed and if you want to go over have a chat with them do because oh. they are just good guys doing you know they're normal guys just doing a crazy job and can, do it can i well. say i know dan two pictures of a red arrow on his in his office oh thanks so much guys i've loved it thank you for having me and i meant what i said you know the reason the reason you got you sometimes sit there i gotta say like sometimes sit there going i can't believe we're putting this out i love it because even even those moments like it's just like it's just you know for those who used to be a part of something big it's kind of those in jokes again that you don't realize you miss until you hear two gents having a bit of just chat it's, yeah. it's awesome. Oh, that's really cool. Thank oh, thank you. Honestly, it's been brilliant. Yeah, it's been amazing. It's been thank you guys. Thanks, Dan. It's lovely to meet you. Yeah, really lovely to meet you. Thanks again. See you soon. Bye. Bye.